everybody. Welcome to the Lady Lorian show. Thank you for joining us. Um, we're having our first ever Lady Lorian's like little duet episode, Ooh. meaning it's just Ruthie and Dodge. It's just the two of us. Just the two, two of us. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that we're going to have any less fun. Um, and it doesn't mean that you need to run away screaming just yet. It's going to be fine. <laughs> Give us um, 20 minutes. Yeah, then, you'll, then you can decide. Yeah, then you can just exit out. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but regardless of whether you're joining us on YouTube or from an audio platform, we're happy to have you. The Lady Lorians, we're, we're all college kids and we're very busy people. And a lot of us have summer job schedules now. So sometimes it's hard to coordinate with all five of us um, at once, but we're doing the best we can um so we're all like also like getting new jobs and moving yeah. and stuff which is crazy we're adulting um a lot of big yeah, changes in our lives lately lots of yeah like I'm moving you're moving in silence yeah next time next time we film there's two Lady Lawrence that are gonna be in a different place are you gonna be in California still um probably not I'll See, probably you'll be in a different place see it's just it's crazy up in here. It's summer. Well, I'm not in California. I'm home right now. Oh, you are? Yeah, I'm just in my attic. Sorry, I'm throwing dogs. <laughs> I'm shooting at a different location right now. So yeah, thank you for your patience with us and for sticking with us. Um, even though sometimes our numbers are a bit inconsistent. <laughs> um, we still want to put stuff out for you guys and do what we can. And we have a lot of fun stuff to talk about. We finally have content to talk about again. Mm -hmm. um, and not having to make up our own conversations on the fly. We have cool, fun stuff to discuss. And that obviously is Bad Batch. The Bod Batch. Um, so last episode, we talked about May the 4th festivities and some merch announcements like the new lightsabers and stuff like that. Hasn't been um, any more merch. Oh, <gasps> there's been a big one. There has been a big one. List and Jaren. Can we talk about it? Oh, you were talking about that. What are I, you talking about? I was talking about the dark saber. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> Last episode, we talked about Ray's new lightsaber mm -hmm. at the yellow one, and the other new one. There, weren't there two? Um, I think, well, Ray was the new one for May the 4th, but I think we also touched on Leia's. Leia's. We had a conversation about some, like, Disney. I like, think we talked about both because they came out um, around the by the time we we recorded. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked about those lightsabers, but since then, the Darksaber has come out. It is amazing. And sold out in a day and a half. My significant other was lucky enough to get one. We are all very jealous of him. Cool. When you swing it, it makes really, really cool noises. Yeah, I was jealous. It's, uh, it's, it's awesome looking. And it comes with a stand, too. You get the hilt, stand, and blade for, like, turning. But isn't it in a cardboard box? That's what I've heard. No. It's in one of the, the plastic ones. And it has a really cool emblem on it. I'll what? What? Yeah. I I saw like three posts and they were all like it's in a cardboard box and it was with people who bought it. I think they just said that because it it just seems thinner. Maybe the stand was in a cardboard box. Mm, could have been. Could have been. Yeah, my boyfriend he got a plastic box like all the other ones come in, all the legacy ones, mm -hmm. and it had a black emblem on it with like three scratch marks like across the front. 
that's and, cool and i'm not sure what creature that's supposed to represent i think i think it represents death watch because death. death watch's um death watch's um symbol is the three scratches oh, okay 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 yeah. i think I that, that might be why but it's usually on um blue so yeah it's black so i don't know maybe they were just like oh we need to match the colors so but who knows? I okay. There's a lot of debate about it because a lot of people have purchased the or um, pre-ordered the Hasbro one. Have you seen the Hasbro one? The Hasbro one is like, is it's pricier, right? Yeah, it's like two hundred dollars, I believe, and the Disney one was a hundred something. It was like two something. And so people were talking about it. I thought it looked sick. I'm not going to lie. I saw that and I thought it looked pretty cool. Um, but then, well, of course, everyone came in and was critiquing about it. And they were talking about how it doesn't have the crackle on the blade. But I kind of like it because, you know, do you know the cheap ones at like Target mm-hmm. with the crackle in it? I don't like it because it's like in the design. It's not like the crackle of the light, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like it. I know a lot of people don't, but I really do like it. See, I like, because I'm not a huge collector of props and stuff myself, I like the Disney stuff because I like the experience of being able to go in the store at Disney and, you know, talk to a cast yeah. member and, it and try it out. Like, I like the experience of buying a legacy saber mm-hmm. and just you know the fun of getting to buy a lightsaber um is what would attract me to a batsu saber as opposed to like a cool neo pixel one or something like that it's more about the experience for me and then like you know once i had that saber i kind of have a memory re- memory related to it and like an experience related to it um and it's always going to remind me of that um so for me I'm more like sentimental and so less about the accuracy of what I'm buying Mm -hmm. um so I don't know I like the Disney lightsabers like obviously we talked about them last week like there's things I've all I've been able to think about is because once I said it and I really realized it and put it together I was like that is so odd the fact that you know the bag that you carry with the lightsaber in it like the sheath or whatever Mm -hmm not sheath a lightsaber if it's drawn it would just cut through whatever it's just been giving me the ick lately yeah I don't know I I'm the same way though because I okay I didn't buy a lightsaber when I went when I met Izzy and Kenzie at Galaxy's Edge which Lady Lorian take over Galaxy Edge when um but um I did buy a Jedi rope but I did buy it at Disney Springs, not Galaxy's Edge or Batu. But it was still like that experience, like walking in and everyone being like, oh, my gosh, like, that's so cool. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like better than buying it from Amazon. And I never wear it nor use it, but it sits in my closet. And I every time I look at it, I think about that moment. Yeah. And I'm like, that was amazing. I would I would pay that money again for it. And sometimes the product looks cooler or more accurate, but Disney is selling you the experience. I know. Mm-hmm. And I'm a sucker for it. I still need to make a Savvy's saber. Me too. Okay, I'm, I want to, but they're just so chunky. I'm like, is it really for the experience? See, I think that my boyfriend should start a business where he like, 
amps them up because he got one at Savi's and then he like repainted it with the Luma Luster paint, which is the paint they use on the screen used Mando helmets. Like it's the paint they use on Dinjarin's helmets to make them look shiny and chrome. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like he got his and like he didn't really like the way some of the paint looked on it. So like he gave it a new paint job and kind of kicked it up and it looks really cool now. So that should be like his side hustle. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is I love it. It's just, yeah, the paint is a little off. They're a little chunky, but it's just the experience. Like, I feel like if I would only want to do it, like, with you guys. Like, yeah, maybe like, like, in the, like, the tube, like, yeah. and then all light up at the same time, and you lift them up and hold them up, like. Oh, my God. It's like bibbidi bobbidi for adults. Exactly. Like, anyway. Don't they have, doesn't the Savvy's, like, you can get a pink kyber crystal at Savvy's? I don't know. I don't remember seeing one. I know there's purple. I know you can do the purple. And there's purple, yellow. But it would be so cool. The only reason I say that is, like, I wish they had, like, a magenta or, like, a pink kyber crystal. I'm sure. Like, we could all, like, all the Lady Lorians, you know, our color is pink, like, in our stuff. So we could get a Lady Lorian's pink lightsaber. (laughs) Because then... We could also like do lightsaber meetups with our listeners and we could all like bring lightsabers and like that. I just like, wait, are you going to, are you going to Disney World this summer? Are you going to Disneyland this summer? I might be doing the Disney college program. Okay. Uh, So from my, from my college to know that, you know, I can do it because I'm also in the process of transferring. So it makes things tricky. But if I don't go to Disney World for a program, then I will probably go to Disneyland for a couple of days in California. Yeah, we just we need to figure this out because, you know, fully <laughs> vaccination and I'm just trying to see my gals. OK, and so we need to do a little Batu day and we just hang on Batu because every because when I go to Batu, I'm like in it, but I'm not like in it the whole day. But I kind of just want to be in it the whole day. Oh, yeah. No, I just saw a TikTok somebody made about like how you can make a whole day at Batu. I know. Uh, go to Disney. I mean, when I'm in studios, like I will go back and forth to Batu. Like I'll do other things and mm-hmm. I'll and then I go write something and I come back. <laughs> like I mm-hmm. like stay away. I cannot keep out of it. It's yeah. just so much fun. The environment is so fun. And now after I've been there once, like all the time, I'm just like looking at my old pictures or mm-hmm. I'm looking at um, YouTube videos, like walkthroughs of Batu and stuff because I just miss it so much. I know. I also have never been there for the, um, like it at night. And I heard, I well, I have, but when I went, it was, um, there wasn't a lot of people there. So there weren't just a lot of there. I just, you know, those images or TikToks where everyone has their lightsabers drawn and they're like, lightsaber meetups. Yes. The lightsaber meetups. I would pay a lot of money to participate in one of those. That too is just so cool and unique because yes, there's some people like Kinsey said last week, two weeks ago, whatever. There's some people who go, who you know, are kind of like mild surface level Star Wars fans who appreciate it, but, you know, are there just to kind of walk through and check it out or ride a ride and then um, continue on. But like, you can tell the people that are there that are diehard Star Wars fans. And it's just like, it's similar to being like at celebration or a convention setting, because just, you know, everybody that's there is all happy for the same reason and they're the same thing with each other. 
and you know that you're like with your people Mm -hmm. and it's somewhere you know like a convention where you can just fully express something you love like unapologetically and you're surrounded by people who won't judge you for it or you know make light of it or anything like it's really special yeah I think for me also it's just like I've never been to a comic con or any of that I've been a com- I've been a nerd my whole life and I've been trying mm-hmm. to get com- I've I I am from southern California and I've never been able to go to San Diego comic con um because it's rigged I am here to say that it's rigged. I've I've tried every year. But anyways, never been able to go to Comic-Con. So I've never really gotten an experience to be with like a bunch of nerds and like not feel like weird, if that makes sense. And I feel like the two is the closest closest for me to get that experience because I'm not going to be going to Star Wars. As much as I would love to go to Star Wars Celebration, I don't have tickets. Like... If I go, it'd just be like chilling outside the convention center, being like, "I wish I could go inside." That would just be outside, nice costume. Yeah, literally. So I feel like Batu's the closest thing I'll ever get for like years of having that experience. Yeah, there's like I'm a big like Beatles fan. I'm a huge music fan, concert goer, Mm -hmm. and where I'm from in my area, we have like a really large Beatles themed music festival. And I remember when I was in like middle school, like I would get made fun of because I listened to old music and stuff all the time and nobody would talk to me about it or, you know, ask me about my interests. And I just bothered kids with my weird interests all the time. And then my dad took me to that festival for this first time. And even though a lot of the people there, I mean, there were young people, but even though a lot of the people there were a lot older than me, like I felt like so at home because just like that, you know, it was just an environment where people were celebrating something that they loved and sharing it with each other. And just as a fan of anything, Star Wars or whatever else, Marvel, anything, you feel so validated mm-hmm. in an environment like that. Yeah, I agree. Thank you, Disney, for giving us Batu. I love you. Um, I'm gonna do a little segue. We feel validated in Batu and we feel like we belong mm-hmm. with as much how much m- words we'll get there <laughs> very much how omega feels to be a part of the bad match mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is my segue okay she feels very validated and seen because she's never been with people who understand her who look like her and she's never had anybody to identify with and now she does episode three let's start okay so omega has kind of snuck back with the bad batch they hunter didn't think he was capable of being a good dad and he got intimidated by the task and he was like okay go with cut and sue uh you'll be safer you'll be happier and omega was like oh no i won't hello you're my father now i'm just i love it i love it i'm filling the hole inside my soul that was supposed to be Din and Grogu right now. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm filling it with Hunter and Omega because similar relationship. They are so precious. I don't know. I just I'm just a big softy for the father daughter relationships. Oh, yeah. So this is something that we've never had a father daughter relationship. At least this like focused. Yeah, because like people are like yeah. Han, and, Han and Ray. 
little bit of Han and Rey. That was very short-lived. But it, yeah, it was short-lived. It was very like limited scenes, but we're seeing literally a whole show like based off of it. And I stand that. I love it so much. But yeah, I'm a sucker for father-daughter relationships. Those are literally so precious to me. It's something I relate to very much. And so seeing hunter be like i'm not like i'm not worthy of being a father and stuff and omega's like no but you're my dad like i love you all this stuff it's it's very similar to din and grogu but it's different okay and i also love how the team is slowly taking care of her too that's what i was gonna comment on okay so i know we were gonna start with episode three kind of go in order really in episode four we get to see other members of the bad batch besides hunter start to make little connections with Omega and have little moments with her yeah but yeah I mean the the end of episode three Wrecker you know who is this big tough burly guy who we think all he cares about are explosives and (laughs) he softens up so much and he builds Omega her own room in her own space and even though it's not much it's really special to her because she's never had that before and she's never felt like an individual before yeah and that was just like a really beautiful moment yeah I feel like I love it I feel like what's going on is that in each episode like Hunter's already like that's that's his kid okay (laughs) but like each episode in the future is going to be like another member of the Bad Batch having a moment with Omega where it kind of shows that she's like slowly become I feel like Tech is going to be the last one Tech I feel like is going to be the last one to ever like take her as like a part of the team like someone that he cares about mm-hmm. so when tech finally does that it's gonna be like such an amazing I have a feeling it's gonna be such an amazing moment because it's gonna be like oh my gosh it's actually like a family like they all love her the only emotion that tech displays outwardly is frustration yep he's not really an outwardly emotional guy Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say he's not an emotional guy because we have no idea what's going on up there, you know. Um, he just doesn't show it. He's really good. Show it and make it other people's issue. I Tech is so funny to me. Tech is my favorite character. I find him to be really charming. I just like, it's so funny the way that he's so like blunt with everybody <laughs> and he, he never means any harm. He just like, okay, so one thing is, yes he's really blunt with everybody but another thing is that like you know something bad will happen and after the fact you know somebody will like ask tech like did you know this was gonna happen like did you know this was going on whatever and he's like yeah of course like it's funny because like tech thinks that everybody's brain in the bad batch works the same way as his and he always expects people to be on his level intellectually and so then like you know, when something goes wrong and everybody's freaking out and he's totally calm. Like he goes, he goes back and forth on that all the time because he's like, he's like, no, we're all unique. Like I'm just really smart compared to, so like he like knows, he just doesn't like to talk about it. Cause he's like, everyone knows. Like, of course I know. I think he just wishes that everybody was on his level. Yeah. Because he doesn't like everybody having to catch up to him. He just wants everybody to be right there with him mm-hmm. all the he's just so brilliant and quick and everybody's always a couple steps behind tech Mm -hmm. and he always expects them not to be 
<laughs> yeah, I um not to switch it up, but in in um in the third episode, mm-hmm. I loved how we saw Omega save them basically. Oh yeah, her own ability. I thought that was really well played because this whole time she's like innocent, like doesn't know anything, all this stuff, and it was kind of the first time that we saw her kind of do something on her own, kind of save the team because I feel like. I love her, but the queen is not really carrying the team right now. Yeah, she shot crosshairs, but she's a kid, obviously. But I feel like that was the first time that we saw her and we we're like, oh my gosh, she's she's pretty smart. She knows how to make yeah. it getting that light and or getting that um I forgot what it was called, but throwing the light, you know, trying to escape, get the light wall hunters down. First of all, that creature design was so cool that animation and stuff and just like the idea for that being was really cool and to see it in just like pure energy and to see the light like go through it whoever designed that props to you I'm sure you had a lot of fun with that one it looks great but yeah I wonder you know we're all trying to figure out like what Omega's special skill is yeah what makes her stand out what makes her different from the rest because you know all the other members of the Bad Batch have something special about them to tout and that they you know are able to identify themselves with and I wonder if like Omega's is like innovation or creativity Mm. because it seems to be really crafty like when things go wrong you know just like in that episode and things don't go as planned she always seems to have a backup plan right away and I wonder if it's something like that like being creative or crafty I genuinely don't know I don't know what her thing is. I like that. You know, I like that it's like a mystery to us. I didn't want it to be obvious from the beginning. I want us, I want it to kind of be revealed along the way. So episode three, really cool. Love it. Mm-hmm. Episode four, you got to see Finnick in animation, the which queen. was really cool. And I love that Mingma is voicing animated finnick i like i knew she was but when i saw like when i heard her speak out of it like i just got chills like i i was like oh my gosh it's her like it was so cool just seeing that how you know like from live action to animation because we haven't seen in well we have seen animation to live action but it's just kind of like that same like chills like oh my gosh they're they're the same characters but also the same actors like they're the same character the sensation of seeing animation go to live action in reverse yeah you know know, we haven't seen new characters animated like that that we're already familiar with in a long time Mm -hmm. you know we saw it throughout clone wars and you know somebody we knew from the original trilogy um you know or the prequels would pop up and it'd be like oh cool you see them animated but you know, it's been a while since we've gotten to have that kind of moment or sensation, and it was it was cool to have it again. Okay, so Omega Omega appears to be Phoenix's bounty, so mm-hmm. she appears to be a target of Phoenix, an asset even. Here's my beef with that. Like, okay, I'm ready. I just it's becoming a lot like Mando so far. Like at first when it was just kind of like Mando and the way of, oh, 
big burly guys get paired with a child and have to protect it and oh they're not fit for it and it's new for them like that I was fine with because there were still lots of different ways they could go with it like Omega was older she can speak for herself you know Grogu can't speak for himself or communicate with Din easily um so you know it was still a really different viewing experience and stuff and you know Omega's really making herself a part of the team um and it's not just like she needs to be protected and sheltered by them uh she's really an active member of the bad batch now but the fact now that omega is being hunted down by a bounty hunter it's just like at least at this junction you know they could there's plenty of things they could do from this point on but right now i'm just like this seems like a total parallel to Mando's plot and I just wanted the Bad Batch to be something entirely its own like I never in a million years thought it I would ever be drawing so many parallels from the Mandalorian to Bad Batch because when you look at them on the surface and you just read the descriptions of the shows and stuff like that it seems like they should be very different series and like not in the same boat at all but yeah, I'm also really surprised, you know, because Dave Filoni also worked on both of them. You know, he executive produced The Mandalorian and he's director on Bad Batch. And so they're both kind of like his babies. And why didn't he do that? Obviously, yeah, obviously we don't know the timeline on which one he worked on first, or at least I don't off the top of my head, that information might be out there. But why at least you know at this point it seems this way but why would you make two of your projects have such a similar plot I was thinking about that I was thinking about that because you know obviously Fennec coming in suing the child type thing we don't know who Fennec is working for we don't even know she's working for someone what if Fennec is just trying to steal Mega that's what that I was thinking about that but Fennec was treating Omega very nicely. I don't know if you saw this, but she was like, hey, kid, tuck and roll, that type of stuff. Like, and that's just something, yeah, she wants her to be safe, but something about that made me feel like she genuinely wanted her to be safe. So part of me thinks that Fennec what thought the Bad Batch took Omega. Yeah, I mean, we did learn in the third, third episode that, Tarkin and that guy they they want to get one of the enhanced clones aka the bad batch mm-hmm. to clone to create a new army for the empire what if they're trying to get omega to clone omega or something i like true you know the whole reason they're look they're trying to get grogu and they want grogu alive is to harvest midichlorians from him and stuff like that so it just it's if that were the case it would but we but does omega have a bunch of metachlorians in her it makes me think that it's not similar because dave filoni's smart and i trust him (laughs) with my life and so like it is really similar but i feel like there's just something there's something else that we just like don't know yet if that makes sense and I'm trying not because I like started to do that too and I'm just trying not to think about it because I just want to enjoy Star Wars right now because I'm like that too and like if it does end up being really similar to the Mandalorian it is what it is I won't be disappointed because 
I love the Mandalorian. I love that plot line and stuff. And but yeah, like I get it, copying the same plot line. Especially with Omega becoming the target of a bounty hunter, it mm-hmm. seems really similar. So I'm I'm at this point like I'm not disappointed or mad about it because it's still very much its own series. This is just one very key aspect of the plot that seems to be similar in both series honestly Um, i like that plot it's really attractive to me, and i've enjoyed it in the past so i'll enjoy it now um i'm just i think i'm really just surprised that the poloni took with this show Mm -hmm. in the first couple couple episodes i mean there's two options either disney saw it Floney saw how good the Mandalorian was and was like oh we need to bring a kid in we need to have that father figure type thing everyone loves that we're gonna do that and we're gonna run with it again or they're like this is what people like and we're gonna do a spin on it and so right now we just see what we you know see like what we want to see basically but there's so much more underneath which I I mean obviously I believe that there is but I feel like Something about the interaction with Fennec and Omega just stood out to me that made me think that she wasn't, I don't know, something was going on. Like, it just felt too chill. A lot of people, including myself, when we just saw that Fennec was going to be in the series and we didn't really understand what her role was going to be, thought that Fennec was going to, like, replace Crosshair in the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm there's still room for that to happen and that would make sense if Finnick did have a genuine soft spot for Omega however there's another side of me that sees you know the way that she acted towards Omega just being totally artificial Mm -hmm. because she needs Omega alive and she'll get more of a reward if she brings her in alive and it was just her mission and you know she's a child so she wasn't going to be successful by just going up and scaring her and making her run away. Like she had to kind of play like her friend to kind of gain her trust, Mm -hmm. especially. Yeah. I don't know if her, I really, I, at this point, I can kind of see where you're coming from. And like, I can see why you're hopeful because we kind of see a different side of Finnick in the Mandalorian. But at this point, I don't think she has good intentions. I think I don't. Yeah. I'm just trying to hold on. I hope you know what I'm saying. I I really want Fennec to be like, oh, you actually care for her? Oh, okay. Let me join your team and let's be besties. You know, I, I don't would, think it's true, but I want to hold on to that just because it's too similar. I think it would be really cool if Fennec replaced Crosshair. Yeah, because we don't know. We don't know who hired her. We were assuming. I don't know. This is making my brain. We're thinking too much. We need to stop thinking. No thoughts. Well, also like, okay, another thing with me and uh, me wanting Bad Batch to be a very different series than Mando is just like mm, the pacing of Mando feels very urgent. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, every single episode we're on a new planet. We're constantly running. We have to hide we have to keep Grogu safe. We have to protect him from these people who are looking for them. And we have to, you know, outrun them. And it's just, I liked the first couple episodes of Bad Batch just because they didn't have that urgency to them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I like, agree. It was just a different viewing experience. You're just kind of able, you know, even though the plot was very thick and interesting, 
you know, it was different and it had different pacing. And now like, it just feels, yeah, I agree. Now Bad Batch feels urgent in the same way that the Mandalorian does. Because now they're going to have to keep, you know, going on the run to to protect Omega. They're not going to easily be able to settle down and hide anywhere the way that they thought they would. Yeah. I have faith in the cowboy hat man. I I believe that he knows what he's doing. I don't think Dave Filoni would repeat something. Well, also, like, I don't think he would get away with that because, like, imagine you go into a boardroom and you're like, okay, this is what we have in mind. And, you know, there's no way that he pitched that, um, you know, with the Mandalorian already in existence and somebody didn't go, um, this is sounding a lot like the Mandalorian, you know, like, yeah, I don't think he could get away with making something Mm -hmm. similar. So even at this point, even though at this point they seem really similar to each other in some very key ways, I'm sure he's really gonna make some big yeah. creative choices and they'll they'll be plenty different. But just yeah, at the end of episode four, I was like You're like, wait a minute. Sounding familiar. This is sounding familiar for sure. Yeah. I have faith. I I believe the thing is the difference between, in my opinion, the difference between the Mandalorian and this was the Mandalorian took the child and it was almost never, we didn't, we saw their forming of a relationship, but Mando never intended it to be anything other than I'm protecting this kid, basically. Mm-hmm. It was never like, I'm taking care of this kid. It wasn't until you know the very last episode when the armor was like he's your child now you are in charge of him until you get him but it's always about getting to the jedi right the bad batch they seem more like an immediate family yeah a really special connection like right off the bat Mm -hmm. and yeah i i think it's cool to see how everybody is slowly connecting with her and like the moment with echo and the doll you know yes um little stuff like that it's cool to see each separate member warming up to her and I'm trying to decide if I see them more as dads or as like big brothers I don't know because I I see I see Hunter's dad 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 I feel like Hunter's dad and then them as uncles Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I also just think it I just feel like they're they're so much older than her yeah I feel like Anakin and Ahsoka were like a little more closer in age and they both acted kind of the same they all act really mature but I mean it's I mean it just means that you have someone that you look up to either Mm way yeah really matter but um both show both show um but yeah I also Wrecker hit his head again a little nervy he keeps on hitting his head. Dude, get it together. I wonder. Oh, that's a good point. I wonder if that's going to be turned into something. Because yeah. right now, it's just kind of getting, you know, played off as like, oh, he's so clumsy. He's the funny one. But but now I'm getting a little nervous. <laughs> head trauma. It's not really going to end up well. My leg do be shaken. Um, but because of that that makes me think that like they're gonna slowly pick off the bad batch one by one until omega's by herself like i just like i'm thinking like wrecker um turning because of all of his hits and then like you know next comes tech next next you think like you know you're not worried about wrecker having actual like brain trauma you're worried like it's gonna 
the chip. Like if they're gonna leave his brain that's not activated, something's yeah. gonna happen to his brain and it's gonna become weaker or you like so I don't know. Like, yeah. So part of me thinks that it's ending like how it's gonna end is throughout this season, they slowly like get picked off. So like Wrecker, his chip gets like, you know, it starts to work again and then he leaves. And then, you know, um, <sighs> echo leaves tech leaves and then it's just hunter and omega and then whatever happens hunter's ship networks he's gone to and then it's omega by herself all in the world by herself the people that she only had hope on like part i just i have a feeling this is gonna end really sad now in my mind i'm like wow that's so extreme but like i wouldn't put that past cowboy having and then like you know their team is now like the ultimate team for the empire like that's just what I'm thinking about right now because people are saying an Omega song. Have you listened to Omega song or theme or whatever? Freaking, can we just talk about that real quick? Love it. I love it so much. Reminds me of How to Train Dragon. What a comfort movie. But it's just so like it's so like child wonder. But at the very end of her song, it gets really sad. There is a sad part of her song. And if you listen to it, I'm like, listen, what if she's all, it, it ends with her all by herself. All of her friends are gone. And now it's really her against the world. And, you know. You're scaring me, Dodge. Let me stop you right there. Okay, stop. You are scaring me. Yeah, but I'm nervy. I do be nervy. That's what, that's what makes me think that, like, it might seem like the Mandalorian right now, but it's, I don't think it's going to be, like, for long. I feel like we're going to learn a lot more. Link! What a man. My God. Love I love Clink. If we don't get Clink merch soon, I am leaving the Star Wars fandom officially. <sighs> this is my two weeks notice. Um, I'm literally obsessed with Clink. Um, Michael over at Rection Around hinted at doing an episode fully on Clink. Um, Michael, if you're listening, make it happen. Get her done. Get her done. Like, don't joke about that. Clink is so adorable. Apparently, okay, I'm fake because I haven't seen Resistance, um, yet, but apparently there's a droid in Star Wars Resistance uh, the like the animated series that looks just like Clink, and uh, I think we've seen one like him in Clone Wars before. Like people were drawing up uh, droids that look like Clink that have appeared mm-hmm. in other things before. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize that we we had seen a Clink before, but he's got little gonk droid arms, but he kind of has like a R two unit head, and like I don't know, he just looks like he looks like a little. He looks like a like a, a mishmash of like a bunch of he looks like an, he looks like a droid ewok he's so cute like i literally i don't know if you guys follow me on twitter at luke skyhopper but i changed my display name on twitter to ruthie ceo of clink and my profile picture is also clink the droid also clink is just the most adorable name ever i feel like it's kind of derogatory <laughs> um yeah miss protocol droid was kind of making me mad i was like y'all stop dogging on clean like he really he hasn't done anything wrong you guys are so hard man like i well okay the whole echo being like down (laughs) was the funniest thing you know what that reminded me of that reminded me of like in toy story when like they dress buzz lightyear up like to you know do the tea party (laughs) 
with Mrs. Nesbitt, or no, he is, he plays Mrs. Nesbitt or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know why, it gave me that vibe. <laughs> I was just like, when he was like, I'm at least 4,000 or something like that. Oh my God, like we saw Sassy Echo. I love it. Okay. I love it. I make a really quick comment. So like, I know that like the Bad Batch all have the same voice actor which blows my mind because all of their voices are so distinct, except there are times when Hunter and Echo talk back and forth and they sound very similar, which like, you know, obviously is not a problem because they're both clones at the end of the day. And so, you know, all the clones pretty much sound the same. The one, the regs, as we call them, Lovely. Uh, when Echo and Hunter talk back and forth and I'm like wait who said what I know I like wonder how they record that like I'm just I'm just sitting there thinking so is he talking and then he goes and switches automatically or does he just do one person and then they like go over with the other person but he's he's so talented that he can switch yeah I would love that though because he gets like so much creative freedom so, like, he gets to, to decide, you know, obviously there's a director and the director can yeah. give direction, but, you know, for the most part, you know, they have such a good relationship with this actor at this point that they probably trust him to make a lot of his own creative decisions. And, you know, he decides how to respond to himself. So, you know, like, as an actor, sometimes, like, when you're acting with a partner, like, somebody can respond to your line or say a line, and in your head, you're like, oh, that is not the way that I would have read that line. That's not mm-hmm. how to be said and like he makes all the decisions and conversations back and forth with himself and he just has that like creative control and man that must be like it's hard work but that must be so satisfying at times because like imagine being able to tell everyone yeah I'm the entire empire like get on my level it's when like you're reading a book or a script and you hear things in your head so he reads the script and he hears things in his head and he gets to read them exactly as he hears them. Yeah. So it's really consistent, you know, because it's from one person's perspective. I want to do an Omega, Omega, <laughs> Omegar. Omegar. <laughs> so bad. Me too. We could be, we could be the younger and older version. Yes. <laughs> okay, cool. Because like, I'm like, for those of you who have never seen a picture of me standing next to another person, um, you just see my head and shoulders on this show. I am 4'10". I'm very tiny. So Omega and I are probably the same height in canon. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, we could do we could do Bad Batch Omega and after Bad Batch Omega. I think that's a great idea, Teak. Teak. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's about that time that we wrap it's up. A, it's about that time. It's about that time, isn't it? Um, isn't it? <laughs> Thanks uh, for joining us. This is our first ever lone two-person episode. If you like this more intimate format and you'd be open to having more episodes like this in the future, um, let us know because we're always hesitant to do smaller episodes like this. Like for ourselves, we've always tried to have at least three ladies on an episode. There's five of us total. And, um, we've, yeah, we've always tried to get at least three ladies on an episode, but sometimes our schedules don't always permit. Um, and it's easier for just two of us to, to hop on and do commentary. 
So if you like this, give us feedback. Let us know if you'd be open to more episodes like this in the future. And yeah, dodge any any last words. Uh, <laughs> on Apple Podcast. And also, if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe because I I every night I go can we please just have one more subscriber and then someone subscribes it's amazing so you should subscribe you should also comment on why what should they comment on why who's your favorite clone first of all who's your favorite um clone 499 clone bad batch clone yeah and why is it hunter and why is he the best and um also what do you think is gonna happen is is fennec a good guy is she a bad guy? Does Fennec is if is Fennec a good guy and then she turns into a bad guy, or is Fennec a bad guy and then she turns into a good guy and then she turns into a bad guy, or is she just a bad guy? Drop your Fennec theories below. So yeah, if you want to leave a comment and just give us feedback and tell us how much you love us so much and want to give us big hugs and kisses, you can say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if instead you just, you know, don't know what to comment, but you want to be supportive, tell us your favorite Bad Batch member. And we're happy to discuss any theories you have for Phoenix's character and what her role will be in the remainder of the Bad Batch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Okay. Thanks, guys, for listening. We will see you again in two weeks. Watch the Bad Batch. Write down your theories. Watch Rex and around. They are friends. Uh, and- yeah. Watch Rex and uh, why why if you haven't watched Rex and around, why are you even here? Why are you here? Why? Get out of here. Go watch Rex and around. Go watch Kyber Sisters. Yeah, we alternate weeks with the Kyber Sisters. So we're both on bi-weekly schedules and we yeah. post Kyber Sisters post another week. So you can always have quality female and Star Wars content. Obviously. Every single week. So yeah. You know- and you have the Rex and Round show. You just have so many shows. You have so many, so many, so many squads. Just, just watch them all. So much good stuff out there. Shout out all of our friends. We love you. Thanks for your continued support. Thank you for our viewer support. And until next time, may the force be with you. Thanks for watching. This is the way. Bye.